Okay, so I don't want to say that I've made Venmo stalking a sport, but I think it's like the most interesting way to creep on somebody. I like scrolling through. I totally like other people's payments. I've seen some crazy shit on Venmo histories. He pays his boyfriend every day for something. My brother's ex-girlfriend getting paid for babysitting, which just like makes me sad. I creeped on her Venmo history for like way too long. So I just like go check their feed, see that they paid other bills. My Venmo is private, so I don't want to deal with that. I do a lot of song lyrics for descriptions on Venmo. Why don't you come to your senses? It doesn't matter if I bought someone orange juice, like no one needs to know. I'm like in competition with myself to come up with a better Venmo caption every time I pay somebody. Well, I'm curious, like what can you figure out about somebody's life through their Venmo? And it turns out a lot. Hello and welcome to Why'd You Push That Button? I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. And this is our show where we talk about all of the decisions we make with technology and how they affect our social lives. This week we are talking about the idea of Venmo stalking. We're using the word stalking very liberally here, I think. It's just the easiest way to describe the behavior. Sure. Can you describe Venmo for the listeners who might not be aware? Yeah. So Venmo is a payment app owned by PayPal. It was founded in 2009, um, but I distinctly remember it becoming very like popular when I was in college, which was maybe like five years ago. Anyway, so essentially you're out with a friend, they buy you a piece of pizza, you're like, oh, I don't have any cash, I'll hit you back later. Everyone knows that's never going to happen. It's the worst. And your friend says they'll hit you back later. You're like, no, you're going to forget. Venmo eases that because you can just immediately go in and type pizza, $3, send. And it is by default public. If you're paying someone for pizza, what Venmo expects you to do and what I think most people do is just tap the pizza emoji and post it and it goes onto a public scrolling feed. So if my friend Ashley pays my friend Lizzie for pizza, I can see that in my feed. I know that they're together. I know Ashley bought Lizzie pizza. Yeah. So Venmo really specifically chose to include a social function to this app where it could have been like a banking app where I've done this with my friends where we just go on our banks like Bank of America and transfer money and it's fine. And there's no social aspect to that in the app. But Venmo specifically chose to include a feed where you can see what your friends are doing, who they're with, who they're sending money to. And as you can come to expect from the show, that causes some drama. Yeah. We're going to talk to Venmo about it, but I almost feel like they wanted it to cause drama. Because what else, what other reason do I have for giving two hoots who you're paying pizza for? Unless I'm like, oh, Ashley said she was homesick and she couldn't hang out with me. Why is she paying this guy for a martini? Full disclosure, I don't use Venmo. I've never used Venmo. I've never had it on my phone. I'm really not going to give my whole reasoning here because at this point and in this time and post-Equifax, I I just don't (laughs) care anymore. Sure. But still, though, I've picked up on some Venmo culture. And from what I understand, there's kind of a challenge to like coming up with the most creative way to describe a transaction with emoji and things like that. Like most people yeah. use emoji and stuff. Yeah, I mean, some people put little jokes. I usually, I like just doing like really random combinations of emojis that I think look pretty together. <laughs> um, whenever I pay my roommates for like utilities or something, just because that's what I mostly use it for. If I'm out and drinking with a friend and paying them for drinks, I usually use the drink emoji because I'm not, I'm not 
going to do my best artwork while I'm inebriated. So your feed, you make your transactions public. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to turn it off. I'm sure I could figure it out, but I don't care. I'm never paying anyone for anything scandalous. I am not someone who lies when I cancel plans. Wow. So I'm not going to be found out for that. That is a huge trait to having a friend. So if you're looking for a friend. Nothing I hate more than a flake. Wow. Miss Honest over here. Just gonna <laughs> You can all see my four monthly Venmo payments, which is like national grid coded in like I mean you can't see this national grid. Whatever. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Who cares? And we should note too, not that this really pertains to the episode, but just so you are all aware, Venmo does seemingly have a general public function where you can see transactions from people you literally don't know. Yeah, I just discovered this while we were talking about this podcast, and it's the stupidest feature I've ever seen. Why? Because you can get invested in other Earth. people's drama. No, but it's you can't, your own because story. without context, without knowing who any of these people are, I'm looking at the feed right now, every two seconds somebody posts, like, a water gun, food, beer, baby shower, breakfast. It's like, Oh my wow. God, I don't care at all. This is not when interesting. When our lives boil down to transactions, it's depressing. Yeah. But anyway, even though Ashley and I have somehow managed to live drama-free lives, we talked to some people who are very familiar with Venmo drama. We found a woman on the internet who thinks about Venmo in the same way that Caitlin and I do. So my name is pronounced Olivia Derica. She is a freelance cartoonist, but she published a cartoon recently on The New Yorker called Common Venmo Charges Decoded. It's essentially a piece about a breakup and the formation of a new relationship, but it's told through the framework of these Venmo charges. Obviously, it's a little bit cheeky, but in this cartoon, she specifically depicts someone named your ex paid Mark for three beers, and she decodes it as saying, like, your ex went out drinking with that sales rep at his company, whom just a month ago he called, quote-unquote, a total douchebag. Venmo has this built-in structure where it's, like, it's really good at giving you, like, the who's and the what's and even sometimes, like, the where's of a story, and you can infer a lot based on just, like, a very small transaction. And then as the cartoon progresses, she starts realizing that, wait a minute, my ex is totally dating someone else. It was mostly made up in my mind. I mean, I had definitely stalked ex-paramours on Venmo. So I found this cartoon online and I loved it. I talked to her about why she published this cartoon. It was something I put together sort of in response to this behavior I was noticing from like myself and my friends where we were inferring what was going on in other people's like social lives, dating lives, and their everyday habits. One of the interesting things that Olivia points out is she mentions that all of her past boyfriends tend to kind of be off the grid types. They don't maintain a really intense social media presence on Instagram or something, which a lot of dudes don't. And something about Venmo. Venmo is still that one thing that I think a lot of people use, even if they aren't super active on Facebook or have a Twitter or an Instagram or whatever. It kind of crosses that boundary because it's a practical app with a social function too. So because they're using it, she can see what they're up to, even though they don't have Instagrams or anything. This is her only line to reconnect with the exes. It's a way to see what they're up to, see if they're still hanging out with that dude or doing what they do. It's like tiny crumbs, though. Like, did she um, tell you at all about how she extrapolates these stories from, like, 
two emoji. It's like it's very little to go on. She fully admits to reading into these emoji way too far. I've been noticing this with my friends where we'd be looking at someone's feed and be like, oh, you know, she paid him for pizza. I wonder what's going on there. But I think that's the fun of it, too. Yeah, I mean, there are very few people in my life that I would super care to know the intimate details of what they're paying for. I did find out that my ex-boyfriend had moved to New York when I saw him paying somebody for utilities on Venmo that I knew lived in New York. Anyway, to get even further into the drama, we needed a real true life horror story of stalking on Venmo. Venmo's going to be so pleased with us when we bring them this story. Exes also are really the the thorough line here. I called Ashley's college friend, Michelle. Hey, Caitlin. Because Ashley told me this crazy story about Michelle's life. I heard it through the grapevine and I wanted to hear the whole thing in her own words because it was so alluring. One of my best friends was kind of stalking someone on Venmo and so I guess I realized you could use it as that kind of tool. Essentially she figured out that she was the other woman in somebody's relationship via his Venmo charges. I saw that he like paid her for something and out of curiosity I just clicked on his name and then I just saw like a million exchanges between them like the entire time we had been seeing each other so it totally confirmed that he had been cheating on her, I guess, with me, which totally sucks and made me feel horrible. And to be frank, this guy's a dope because it sounded like he was paying this woman a lot on Venmo. From what I remember, I think it was just a lot of like restaurants and movies and things that seemed like dates, but just, you know, told me that they were seeing each other, you know, like multiple times a week. That's what maybe the genius of Venmo is, is that you really don't think of it as a social media app. Like this guy wouldn't presumably be dumb enough to post a photo of him and this girl on his Instagram. Yeah. Like, he's not going to do that because he's trying to keep things under wrap. But for some reason, Venmo slides under the door. It's like, oh, we aren't social media. You know, it's good to confirm that someone is still messed up and, like, not a good person. And, you know, maybe just, like, move on from it finally. I think the most interesting thing that she said was that she felt creepy for looking at his Venmo transactions. I personally wouldn't, again, because I don't want to find out something that wouldn't make me feel very good. And also, I don't know, it's just like a little too stocky. But it's like, it's a public feed. You know, that's what it's there for. I wouldn't be like, oh, I feel creepy for looking at your tweet. Yeah, I think Michelle is just way more respectful than the rest of us. I would not feel creepy doing that. But I think that's like part of like it ties into the fact that like Venmo has this social media function but that's not how people see it like because we know people aren't curating it and people aren't thinking about what they're posting I think that's what kind of makes it feel like we're interlopers or like we're eavesdropping because or they're vulnerable yeah because we know that that they don't know I could see that when the app first launched. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people never learn. I hope that Michelle's ex isn't listening and doesn't learn because I would not like to provide him any helpful life advice. He sounds like a (laughs) dirtbag. So Michelle also pointed out something that I have never considered, which is that you can set your transactions on Venmo to private. As soon as I downloaded the app, I opted out of that option. So I guess I didn't really want anyone seeing what I was doing. So no 
no one's ever used this weapon against her. I'm always interested when we talk to people who do whatever we're talking about in the particular episode and participate in it, but don't actually participate themselves. Like she liked, she's stalked, but she doesn't want to be stalked herself. Well, isn't or, that always the way? It takes a stalker to, th- to think that hard about the potential that they might be stalked. It's true. You got to be a little twisted, just, <laughs> just like us and probably just like the rest of you out there. Okay. Well, I'm beyond excited for the next interview we have because we actually have Venmo coming on to talk about Venmo. Yeah. And And, uh, they seem excited about it because we didn't give them the interview questions in advance. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to find out the big question of why they included the feed. Why do you have this And I really do want to know how Venmo defines itself. Me too. Would love to know. Great. So we'll be back after the ad. And when we come back, you're going to learn along with us. Hey, it's Tom Warren, Senior Editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, its Xbox business is going through transformational changes, and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So, I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad. It'll be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond. From details on the next Xbox, to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com forward slash Notepad. So we're here with Melanie Elperti, product lead at Venmo, and she's going to tell us a little bit about how Venmo was designed and how that relates to the big question of why do people do Venmo stocking? So for starters, I know Ashley wants to hear just a definition of what Venmo is. So I would describe Venmo as first and foremost a payments app, but I would say the thing that we strive to do and that we strive to do differently than other payments apps is bring a social element and think about how payments are really more about connecting people to one another and enabling them to do things. And we want Venmo to make that experience better and more fun and more seamless. I'm wondering if the social feed was included because Venmo was sort of a startup, no one had really heard of it, if it made it more shareable and more likely to be known outside of friend groups if you had this social component. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest purposes of the social feed when Venmo first launched was around this concept of social proof. So if you think about a product like Venmo, it's really only useful to you if people that you want to transact with are also using Venmo. So when Venmo launched, we had two feeds. We had the public feed and the friends feed. And immediately when a new user signed up for Venmo, you could see in the public feed that Venmo was something that other people were using. Like there were tons of transactions happening every second. And you could see based on the payment note and like the types of transactions that you're seeing, how people are using Venmo and why Venmo might be useful to you. So it sort of created this idea and this like social proof or validation that this would be a product that might be useful to you. And that was something that was really important, I think, in the early days of Venmo before it had the brand recognition uh, that it has today. That explains why Venmo would want both the friend group feed and the public feed. The public feed is hilarious to me because it's like, who are these people? Why would I care what they're spending money on? But from like a user standpoint, what do you think are the draws of being able to see like who's paying who and for what? So I think it's 
human nature for people to be a little bit interested in what people are doing. And I think one of the things that differentiates Venmo from other social networks is that people really do view Venmo first and foremost as a payments app. And the social aspect kind of comes secondary to it. So if you think about what's different from a Venmo transaction and why it might be more interesting than an Instagram post or something like that, there's a level of like authenticity or a more meaningful type of interaction that usually goes along with a Venmo payment. So if I think about how I use Instagram, I'm probably likely to post an Instagram photo if I'm going out with friends and I haven't seen them in a while and we go to dinner and it's like this big special momentous occasion. But if you think about the Venmo payments I'm making, they're actually probably more with the people that I'm like watching Netflix with in my pajamas and ordering Thai food with. So it's actually sometimes a more meaningful representation of like what you're actually doing with your time and the people that you're spending it with. And so I think that people find that very interesting because it does feel a little bit more authentic and a little bit more real than what you might see on a more curated site. So I think this is kind of where we get into the the stalking question. We've been debating whether or not it's appropriate to say stalking since it's like public information and not that hard to look at. But um, when you're sharing a Venmo transaction, I think most people are not considering it like a share on social media. It's not like a curated thing that you're doing. People don't, for the most part, aren't thinking of it as like self-presentation. But I mean, now like Venmo stalking is kind of like a culturally known thing at this point. Have you guys noticed any differences in the way that people are describing charges to be like more vague or setting transactions to private or doing these things to avoid, you know, being public about their payments? Yeah, so it's it's an interesting question and it varies a lot based on the type of user and the type of transaction. So to answer your question about whether or not we've seen trends in people making transactions more private, we haven't. But what we do see is that people behave differently based on what type of user they are and what type of transaction it is. So you have certain user personas that we think about that might be like a mom that is just using Venmo to send their kid allowance while they're at college. And that type of user is like definitely thinking of Venmo as a utility. And for the most part, all of their transactions will be private. But then if you think about that same student that's receiving their allowance from their mom, they might also be transacting a ton with their friends. And that interaction might be a lot more public. And what we hear a lot from users who use Venmo is that they do think about it, but they think about it more as an afterthought. So they make they write their payment note. And then sometimes people will say that they try and make it a little clever, or a little bit funny, because they know that people might see it. And then you'll also see that those same users, that same kid who's has private transactions with his mom and public with his friends, might make certain other transactions private to say, like, that he's getting a birthday present for a friend and he's paying his other friend back and they don't want them to see it. Or maybe if it's just a transaction that he really doesn't want out there. So it's someone new that he's hanging out with or... It's for like an exterminator fee or something like that. They'll make that type of transaction private. The other part of your question was more around trends that we see and like how we see people use the payment note, which I think is actually one of the most interesting things we see from the product area, which is kind of like we expected that people would use payment notes to say what they're paying for. Then the behavior can be a little bit more different. So initially early on, I think back in 2015, we started to notice that people were using emojis a lot in their payment notes. So almost a quarter of Venmo payments would have an emoji. And that really inspired us on the product side. So that's how we ended up creating emoji autocomplete and basically started to suggest 
emojis based on what people would type in the product. And now we continue to see that trend and we've kind of tried to build upon it and build more interesting content. We now have custom emojis on Venmo. So we try and kind of learn from our users and see how they're using Venmo and how they want to use Venmo and then make the app more friendly for them. Since you obviously are thinking about this stuff all the time, are there any like changes to Venmo that you guys are considering in regards to the social feed or or what's on your mind when you think about tweaking stuff like that? So we think about a 10. Um, we're a little bit far away from focusing on specifically the public feed. Recently, we announced that you can now use Venmo to pay at over 2 million websites using PayPal. So I think this is something that's really exciting for Venmo users because they now have been using Venmo with friends and they have a Venmo balance and we're just allowing them to create that same experience now, but in a commerce setting. And I think what'll be really interesting is to see how this experience evolves with the feed itself. So now people have the ability to share purchase transactions that they make. And you'll be able to say like, oh, I bought this new hair dryer and share it with your friends. And then your friends will immediately have this view into not just the people that you're interacting with and the things that you're doing, but also the things that you're buying. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how that works out with the feed. Yeah, I I just think it's interesting that you hit on actually two of the topics that we talked about in our prior interviews because, as we mentioned, the woman we talked to about her New Yorker cartoon, she told us a little bit about how she uses the feed to look back at ex-boyfriends because those guys aren't active on Instagram necessarily or other social media apps, and so they use Venmo, I guess, as a utility, but... I just am wondering if you ever worry about privacy concerns. Like, do you think all users are aware of this social function and realize that their information is out there? Or do you ever think about that? And do you ever worry about privacy? Yeah, absolutely. Privacy is very important to us at Venmo. And we want to make sure that users have the flexibility to choose to share and not share whatever they want to. And so we try and make that very obvious in the app. And we are constantly doing user interviews and getting feedback and monitoring data to think about ways that we can improve that and make sure that things are as transparent and clear and flexible as possible. One of the interesting things I think we see a lot when we talk to users is that initially if you talk to people, they'll often say that they do think of Venmo as a utility and that they never look at the feed and they don't really get the social aspect. But when we actually look at the data, you'll see that most people do scroll the feed pretty frequently. On average, our most active users are logging into Venmo every day and looking at the feed, maybe not necessarily making payments, maybe sometimes making payments and then checking the feed. And then on average, most Venmo users are logging in two to three times a week. So we think it's definitely something that users understand and that users appreciate and value, even if it's not the forefront of what they think about when they use Venmo. Yeah, because it was just shocking when our friend told us about how she figured out she was the other woman in a situation. And I was like, okay, this this dude either doesn't care or has no idea that his transactions are public and therefore we can figure out what he's up to. Yeah, he sounded like a joker. Do you have any like personal experience with Venmo stalking? I'm curious. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's funny that you asked that. Before I worked at Venmo, I was actually riding the train with a bunch of my friends. And we have this one friend who's not on any forms of social media. She's not on Instagram. She's not on Facebook. And we were kind of sitting in one of those four booth train sections. And everyone was just on their phone playing around, like scrolling Instagram and Facebook. And then we look over at my friend and we're like, 
what are you even doing on your phone? <laughs> like, you don't have social media. And she was like, I spend a lot of time on the Venmo feed. <laughs> and it was sort of, it was like early on, it was a few years back, and it was kind of before Venmo had the recognition that it has today. Well, do you ever wonder if, you know, you mentioned Venmo being authentic and not curated. So I'm wondering if you worry about that purity ever being tainted by more people <laughs> using it or becoming aware of the social functions by this episode of this yeah, podcast. By this <laughs> I don't worry that much about it. Like I, I want people to understand and I think our users do understand that this content is shared and is public and it's kind of fun that you can share your information and kind of make an experience more fun and more personal by creating this record of it happening and then putting that record out there in the world. The fact that Venmo involves spending money and exchanging money means that all of these interactions are really meaningful and authentic. And so I'd like to think that that's something that will definitely continue throughout the entire life of the product. Money is, for a lot of people, very taboo and not something they feel should be public or talked about, whether that's how much money they make or how they spend their money or who they're spending their money with. Like, There's just a lot of privacy around that for many people. So the idea of segmenting it off into a different app is interesting. There was also like a lot of people in the first years of Venmo being popular. Like, I feel like I read a lot of pieces being like, oh, thank God, Like, finally it's not weird to ask to get paid back for something. But then there was another one that was like, now all my friends are like so petty and will like send me Venmo requests for $2 or something. I'm wondering if you have heard any strange use cases for the social feed because we also had someone we talked to who was telling us that she uses a social feed only to check on people who already owe her money. So she looks to see if they've been active, like if they went out to an expensive dinner, she'll look to see if they've already been active and then she knows they're avoiding paying her. And she's like, she hasn't screenshotted it and sent it to them yet, but she knows that she can kind of re-ping them and be like, hey, I know you're on Venmo. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you send this money? So I'm just wondering if you've heard any other stories of people using the adjusting the feed to their uses in weird ways. Um, that's really interesting. I think a lot more of what we see are, are funny ways that people interact and share payments. So one of the coolest things is that we have millions of payments every year that are for less than $1. So it's basically people that are just interacting and sending Venmo payments to one another as a form of communication and like a way to write a funny note and kind of ping your friend or say happy birthday to them <laughs> or something like that, which is kind of cool. Right, that's happy <laughs> birthday. Here's 12 cents. That's such a weird yeah, thing exactly. to do. Or 22 cents if it's your 22nd birthday. Oh my god! I'm wow. gonna start doing that. Yeah, that's Caitlin, hilarious. I hope you're ready for your next birthday <laughs> gift. No, that's really funny. Idea. It's like slightly more thoughtful than like getting the same exact birthday text from fifty people. Yeah, like I'll take twenty-two cents. All right, Caitlin. So, what do we learn ultimately? How, what is our takeaway here? I mean, I hate to bait the listeners who have kindly jumped into iTunes and, and dubbed this podcast a half hour of immature chit chat about boys and culture. But quote unquote um, boys. We don't know what quote unquote quote, we don't boys. know what quote unquote, quote unquote boys, unquote boys are, and sir. quote unquote culture. But I will say that I think we learned that people who think really hard about self presentation are aware of what their Venmo transactions say about say about them. And people who don't think real hard about it are oblivious and getting caught in infidelity. I mean, this is based on two anecdotes, but 
I'm I'm comfortable extrapolating almost all the time. <laughs> so yeah, I would just say that it's obvious why drama has gone down because the money transactions are very brutally honest. Mm-hmm. There's no lying on Venmo. Yeah, you're not faking your background. You're not faking your outfit. You're not photoshopping anything. This is the cold, hard money transactions. We know mm-hmm. what you're doing. Plus, you can't really avoid them. It's not like if you're like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't take a photo right now because I don't want this person to see where I am. If somebody's like, if you just had somebody front you like $40 for sushi, you can't be like, oh, well, I can't pay you right now um, because like my, like my girlfriend might see it. That's like, how are you gonna? How are you wading into that combo? Right. But here, here's what I'm gonna say: is Venmo still exists? It's still relatively pure. So if you're one of those people like us who enjoy seeing what others are doing on the internet and trying to make vague social webs of their lives off of those things that you witness online, go to Venmo and do it. Just make your transactions private. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I highly recommend Venmo stalking if you think it'll turn up something that won't turn up otherwise. But at the same time, I also think maybe we've re- reached an, a point in time where everybody in your life is making too much content and it, it might be better to to look at none of it instead of all of it. Be like them, be like me. Yeah. Don't even use Venmo. Don't ever pay people back. <laughs> That's the subtext of this entire podcast is maybe I just don't pay people back. Okay. Literally, the reason that the the main reason that I use Venmo is for people like you. Okay, we hope that you've walked away from this episode with some extra knowledge, some knowing of how people use Venmo and how you use Venmo and how you should keep your stuff on lock. But at the same time, we really want people to not change the way that they use Venmo yeah. because we want our, our I do sisters like to be able to still stock. I know, it's true. Anyway, please go to your podcast app if you use an iPhone and give us a five-star rating or, you know, whatever you feel we deserve. But if you're going to go with a one-star, please don't gender the one-star review. It's, it's a little annoying, frankly. <laughs> I'm not a lady. Hey, lady. I'm not. I'm not a lady, okay? Anyway, we love you all. Please do rate us, though. And also, as we've been saying these past few weeks, we're going to be doing a special holiday show, the Holiday Spectacular. Caitlin's going to do the can-can in the studio to celebrate. Yeah, I'm a really good dancer. Yeah, I know. So you're going to do the (laughs) can-can. Anyway. So we're doing this Holiday Spectacular. And for it, we want to share your button horror stories. So please send us audio, or if you're uncomfortable with that, feel free to just write in, and we're going to read slash play some of these clips and talk about them with some special guests. We have gotten some really good horror stories Yeah, so I honestly have been lolling at these. Oh, boy. She's been lolling. lolling. Yeah, so send them on, button at theverge.com. Yeah, uh, that's our can. special email address that goes to the the dose of S plus Andrew. And also you can follow us on Twitter at Ashley R. Carmen. Mine's at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany. All right. Well, we will see you next week. Wow, that was messy, but we got through it. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs>